Hello, everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa Curry-Lowitz, and I'm here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind, and I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. Instagram, you may have seen that I've begun to consume and test out different medicinal mushrooms from a Canadian company called Stay Wild Organics. They're located in Pemberton, BC and choose to exclusively offer organic full spectrum mushrooms grown in North America. I had heard about the healing powers of mushrooms in the past, but I never gave them much thought until I decided that I wanted to find a supplement for my wellness that actually worked. I have supplemented for years and I typically feel the same. I have no sense of whether or not they're actually working. That was until I found chaga. Chaga? What is chaga? If you have never heard of it either, you are not alone. After doing my research, I found that chaga is referred to as the king of mushrooms. It's a birch dwelling mushroom that holds one of the highest antioxidant values of any food on the planet making chaga a true force against free radicals and works hard to protect you at the cellular level. I am now actually feeling the benefits of this potent antioxidant and wellness booster. This this stuff is like truly amazing. Fast forward several months and my Stay Wild Organics medicinal mushroom collection includes reishi for stress and anxiety support, turkey tail for immune system support, lion's mane for memory and brain support, and cordyceps for energy, performance, and libido. If you are curious like I was and want to incorporate some of the magic of medicinal mushrooms into your life too, my friends over at Stay Wild Organics are offering all listeners of Elisa Unfiltered a 10% discount on any purchase you make from now until August 2020 with the promo code Elisa 10. That's E-L-I-S-A 10. That's a 10% discount on any mushroom product store-wide with the promo code Elisa 10. All you have to do is go to Stay Wild Organics. That's S-T-A-Y-W-Y-L-D organics.com and enter the promo code Elisa 10 at checkout. I only endorse products that I have researched and have been tried and tested on yours truly, so they have the Elisa stamp of approval. Okay, now for today's episode. Hello everyone! Today it is Wednesday, July the 8th. Welcome to another episode of Elisa Unfiltered. I am your host, my name's Elisa Curry-Lowitz. I'm sitting in my office, looking out the window of what appears to be a beautiful, another beautiful morning here in Ottawa. And today I have such an exciting show for you. Oh my gosh. Okay, social media can be such a powerful resource for growth and expansion if you use it with good intentions and follow people that are in line with your goals, values, and beliefs. This is so important to me. How we use social media is so important for our mental health, our emotional, sexual, physical, all the healths, (laughs) all of them. Sometimes we get connected to the most incredible humans 
that we otherwise wouldn't have met. So today, that is the case with me. My guest is Raffaella Mancuso. I found Raffaella on Instagram after one of her posts went like completely viral. The premise of the post was on the idea that thin people are taking up too much space in the body positivity self-love corner. Hmm, interesting. Definitely got hooked on that. Wanted to read more, dove down the rabbit hole, and I just absolutely love this woman. The post called on some of the biggest influencers on Instagram to join the conversation, and they did. The post has over 4,000 comments, I think, and skyrocketed Rafaela into influencer status. Rafaela identifies as being small fat, which I'll get into that a little bit later in the show. That's a term I'd never heard before. And she shares her journey on living in a bigger body, the fat shaming, fat phobic tendencies of others, mental health issues, and how she is constantly labeled as unhealthy because of the size of her body. Today, we dive into all the stereotypes, stigmas, beliefs on swapping weight for health, offensive language around bigger bodies, thin privilege, and so much more. Are you guys ready? Oh, I'm so excited to share this episode with you. It's so, so good from beginning to end. Let's get started. Okay, Rafaela, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing all right, and thank you for having me. How are you? I'm super good. I It's actually a million degrees right now in Ottawa, but so I have my air conditioning on so high that I'm in a hoodie because <laughs> I'm freezing oh in my, my own God. house. Um, you're a fellow Canadian. You live in Edmonton? Edmonton? Yeah, I'm yeah. in Edmonton, and I've been hearing about how you on... Terry Yins have been having such a heat wave mm-hmm. and I'm so mad in Alberta because it's not hot and we get like really? heat for like maybe a little bit and then it goes away and so I'm jealous of your heat okay um it's, yeah <laughs> it's it's really hot like really hot I am very fortunate that I have a killer air conditioner in my apartment so so happy <laughs> <laughs> okay so Let's get right into it because um, I'm going to start with the post on your Instagram that went viral. I really want you to talk about the post. I'm going to link this in the show notes. Uh, I want you to talk about the post and what has happened since that day. That was around probably late May, maybe? Just, just yeah, a couple May months ago. May 20th is when I made the post. Okay. Um, so what was I the post? I just got... What? Sorry? Sorry. What was the post? Um, so it was a collection of stories that I made, like, to my Instagram story, and I was just kind of feeling frustrated with what I was seeing on my feed, and I had a small, smaller following, just of, like, friends, family, community, and so I was like, okay, I'm gonna rant a little bit, and so I went to my story to talk about how I was so frustrated with these thin white women taking up all the space within the body positivity and self-love corner of the internet because I've been trying to create similar content for a very long time now as well as a lot of my friends all across Canada have been trying to create content about body image, fat acceptance, um, like mental illness, like lots of topics 
and we don't even get half the engagement Mm -hmm. or praise as these other influencers and it goes beyond jealousy it goes beyond oh why don't I have what that person has it's that people see these like self-love posts of a thin white woman grabbing their stomach to find one belly roll or you know showing one stretch mark on their thigh and saying yes everyone can love their bodies yeah and it's like yes those posts are so good because it does help people who look like you accept their bodies more yeah but that's where we stop we say that that is the ultimate act of bravery on the internet and that that is what Mm. an acceptable body looks like and the problem for me is that anything past that in terms of body so a fatter body a darker body are perceived as bad they are shamed publicly they are threatened there's so many trolls Brands don't want to work with them because their bodies are quote-unquote, like, non-palatable or just, like, undesirable. And it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating, especially if you're living in a bigger body and you want to share your life experience. You want to share the self-love content of, hey, this is what my body looks like. And, like, I have roles whether I'm sitting or standing or I'm, like, grabbing them or not. And I do want to help um, other people accept their bodies, but my voice isn't being heard. Mm-hmm. Like, even with the Instagram algorithm, it's designed to keep showing you content you're already seeing. So if mm-hmm. you're following a bunch of thin white women, that's all you're going to see. Mm-hmm. And so I spoke up about that on my stories. I got some good feedback. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll make it into a post, whatever. Mm-hmm. Put them in a post. And I do not know what happened I do not know what happened I don't know who got mad first but the internet exploded on me and I had influencers in my dms most of them were really mad and I was just panicking and apologizing like crazy because I guess I missed the part that in the post I had the photos of these specific influencers that most of us follow if not all of us follow to be able to have real examples of what is happening in our feeds. Wow. So I did read some of the comments. I've, I've read some of the comments on some of your more recent posts, which I find very, they resonate deeply within me, the things that you're saying. Um, and like you said, there are so many trolls there. You must've got a lot of backlash because this isn't really something the message of, um, I, I don't actually, maybe I don't know the words. So we call people fat, fat bodies, bigger bodies. I mean, I lived in a fat body for oh, like seven years of my life. Um, I still sometimes call myself fat, which is insane. It's absolutely insane. And that's why I want to have more of these conversations because like that is the poison of our culture. And I just, how did you find that there was the trolls, but there were also people that were supportive of the message? Yeah, that's exactly what I was finding, like, at first, especially, it was really positive. A lot of people saying, whoa, 
I've been thinking this for so long. Yeah. I just didn't know how to say it. Like, thank you so much. Like, I feel seen and validated. And then there was a lot of people, a lot of people that were really, really angry. Like, what do you mean I can't love myself just because I'm yeah. thin and I've been bullied too and how dare you and who do you think you are? Like, just, just above and beyond and a very popular YouTuber made like a hate video against me. No. I did not know that happened until I received a wave of trolls and I was like, what's, what's happening? Where did these people come from? And then I was told that someone with like over a million subscribers, followers combined slammed me on the internet and all of their followers came to attack and I cried. It wasn't good. I find that so interesting not to go off on a tangent, but like, the people They'll who have off. time, the people who have time to spread hateful messages based on their difference of opinion is like crazy. And, and that is happening and being accepted. I don't know why, but like more and more and more and more in my life, or maybe I'm just exposed to it because I'm on social media a little bit more, but that is insane. So the post was about how thin people take up space in the body positivity self-love corner. So, um, you also made a post or maybe it was related to that maybe recently about why Instagram versus reality pics are frustrating. Um, I want to add to that because I also find them frustrating in some ways, but I also find the before and after pictures equally as frustrating, but I'd like you to speak to that a little bit. Yeah, so that's kind of what the original post was mostly talking about those before, not the, I guess like the Instagram versus reality photos mm -hmm. about how these influencers can like put on clothes and be seen as perfect, like quote unquote perfect, yeah. can go into society, not receive any harassment or disrespect, but then can go on the internet and benefit from these areas on their body. Yeah. And they, it can... It's advantageous. Like, the fat can come out when they want. It can go away when they want. Win-win for them. And a lot of people weren't understanding. It's been really controversial on my account because I've been pointing out more Instagram versus reality of, like, yeah. thin white women yeah. who have to try really hard to find an imperfection. And... It's really frustrating to me because even my, like, Instagram pic doesn't look like their reality pic, you know? Like, even <laughs> yeah. though, like, they might have, like, a belly roll if they lean over really hard and say, yeah, like, this is reality. It's not just Instagram world. It's like, okay, great, but then the rest of your photos, are you posed and looking, yeah. quote-unquote, perfect? and. Yeah. So it's like you're saying, hey, I look perfect, but I also sometimes look like the rest of you, so don't feel bad about yourselves, but I'm still going to uphold this ideal beauty standard of society by posting that perfect photo. Mm -hmm. I'm still going to show you, hey, you can't throw you know, mean words at me or call me fat because here's still a photo of me looking thin and perfect. So it's saying like, hey, look at me, I can do both. And I got a lot of backlash from my commentary on this because 
a lot of thinner people are saying, why are you shitting on these people? And why are you body shaming? I'm like, okay, when? I'm literally not trying to body shame anyone. Yeah. And I even had people from like my high school message me and say like, I had to unfollow you because you're getting mean. And I'm, I had to step back and I was like, whoa, like, am I, like, what's happening here? And, and the thing is, it's really, it's not about body shaming. It's not about putting these women down because it is helping people who look like them. It is helping people who are very deep in diet culture who think that they have to reach the standard of perfection in order to be loved, in order to be worthy, and to maybe see this quote-unquote perfect person who still has these imperfections, maybe that can soothe them a little bit. But that's still people very much in diet culture. It's still, all of it is still surrounding the idea that thin is better and yeah. that this this amount of small fat is acceptable right yeah. it's still fat phobic it's yeah. still saying that I look good here uh-oh I still have you know fat on my body it's bad yeah and that's what people aren't understanding it's saying okay why not just not post the perfectly posed picture why not yeah. just post the picture of you happy and living your life and not sucking in or contorting your body to seem perfect why not just show that we all have bodies we all have imperfections and that's okay we don't need to see the perfect photo I fully agree with you okay so one of the things that hooked me, so a couple of things hooked me, because I, I did go through a roller coaster of emotion through these styles of posts, which I am also deep diving in myself and seeing what scabs or wounds they're picking within myself. Um, and uh, as someone who has gone through a pretty dramatic weight gain and weight loss in my life, I've lived, I feel like I've lived in a, 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 a wide spectrum of of bodies um so it's interesting because like more of the fat culture or the fat influencers i it resonates with me and then the thin ones resonate with me now do i classify myself as thin i would class i i don't know i've never actually used that word or a slender i don't use those words for myself i'm a size 10 I'm 5'7", I weigh 160, 65 pounds. Not that the weight matters, but like, I kind of would classify myself as, as a, I don't know, an average body size. I'm not thin, I'm not thick. I'm like, kind of some, that's how I, that's how I identify to my body. Um, and, and I don't think we have to have labels either. That's another big thing. We don't yeah. have to say, like, you are thin. You have to call your body thin. You have to call yeah. your body fat. It's whatever feels best for you and your body. It, it really, really is. And but one of the things that caught me in that post was some of the influencers that were in there. I, I, I know that they've gone through a lot of hurt in their lives and that's what they're trying to overcome and show the growth that everyone can grow. Like having a baby and having stretch marks is, is totally normal. And what I like about those posts is that there are not like in the, in the 4 billion Instagrammers or influencers out there or whatever accounts, there's not a lot of people really showing off those 
imperfections that they have, whether it's acne, stretch marks, cellulite, being overweight, big breasted, small breasted, whatever the world's classified as, as perfect. There's not a lot of people sharing those insecurities and being super vulnerable. So I kind of got like a, a, a stab or a hook because I'm like, these women are being so vulnerable. But then that's where I had to like turn my perspective and be like, okay, well, you're right. That is a, they, what they're saying, their messages is a very small percentage of women that could benefit from it. And there's so much more out there. So you started sort of a movement of pass the mic. Tell me about that. Yeah, that was also an accident. But that's the thing is, even in my original post, I said, like, soft love is for everyone. And what these women are doing is amazing because you're right. It is a very small corner of the Internet that's even speaking up about these. It's like pretending to be perfect all the time. So I don't want them to stop. I don't want them to stop talking about, you know, body image and, like, eating disorders or all these different facets. I just want them to pass the mic. And so for me, that means, okay, speak to your experience and then acknowledge your privilege in this space. Acknowledge that you live in a privileged body that doesn't receive harassment or abuse because of its appearance. Okay, who does? Who is not being heard right now? Mm -hmm. Because right now we're just listening to thin white women. Mm -hmm. Okay, great, but there's more people out there. Mm -hmm. So what about... A person of color who's living in a bigger body I sure as hell bet that they have something to say Mm -hmm. and even for myself like my experience with that is I've been on Instagram for years I've been having these same discussions for years and this just happened to go viral because I pissed off some famous people on the (laughs) internet that's the only reason my voice is being heard right now this is that's the only reason we're having this conversation because before this I was just screaming to the abyss all by myself being so frustrated as to why people are not listening and if one of those influencers were to pass the mic to me or pass the mic to someone else with a similar lived experience to help amplify their voices so that they can be heard and then once they're heard that helps other people to be mm-hmm. like, whoa, I feel seen because my experience is similar to that person's or my body looks like that person's. Yeah. Maybe, maybe my body isn't actually bad after all. Yeah. And it's interesting that right after my post was the murder of George Floyd really sparked the Black Lives Matter movement. And it's all about passing the mic. It's about amplifying voices of black activists and people who need to be heard right now so that's the best thing i can do it's not people i don't want to silence people it's about saying okay i said my piece who else can we bring to the table it's not about you know kicking people out it's making the table longer for everyone to sit at together that's an excellent way to describe that i love that a lot actually okay so you talk about thin privilege Um, You also, privilege is a word that I sort of knew what it meant. I talk about this a lot on my stories and in my podcast. The idea of white privilege came up and I've been called privileged uh, when it comes to my diet, when it comes to my looks, and I didn't really get it. I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. uh, To be honest, I, I was like, I know I'm privileged, but I don't know what that means. I didn't know what it means. And it took me 39 years 
to know what it meant. And it took the author Glennon Doyle from the book Untamed. She says, privilege is being born on third base. Ignorant privilege is thinking you hit a triple to get there. And I was like, oh my God, my mind was like blasted. So it's really opened the door for me to understand what privilege is. So you talk about you having white privilege. So you, can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I have a lot of privilege. Mm -hmm. I have white privilege. And even within the fat community, I'm like a small fat. And I have privilege in that sense too, that my body is slightly more palatable than someone living in a bigger body. I get less hate. Yeah. I get less disrespect from doctors. I can fit in most seats. Um, so I yeah. need to recognize that privilege as well and not assume that I am the most marginalized person out there because that is just not true. Yeah. And then that limits us hearing from other people, right? And that limits me from even passing the mic and saying, okay, I have my experience. Now I need to listen to other people amplify their voices so they can be heard and keep the mic going yes um so yeah privilege is a really big one a lot of people are like i don't have thin privilege thin privilege doesn't exist i it fully exists hamburger it fully exists for example if i was eating a hamburger next to someone who was 400 pounds people would have very different opinions about our lifestyles and our choices and how smart we were and the list goes on I get that. Yeah. I didn't get that before. Okay, you said a couple of things that I, uh, uh, some words and phrases I've never heard about, well, that haven't really been highlighted in my life. One of them is small fat. What does small, mm. what does that even mean? Like there's <laughs> levels of fat? <laughs> okay, let's talk about my it. My body, okay, that's kind of like a ranking system of fatness because you can't just say, oh, all fat people because all fat people aren't treated the same. Same with eyes, like, within race, there's, like, colorism, like, different shades of color treated differently. Yep. Within the fat community, it's different sizes, different shapes. So, I'm a small fat, meaning that I could sometimes still fit into straight sizes. And straight sizes is what we would all call normal sizes, but normal is invalidating and restrictive. So, we're not going to use normal sizes. We say straight sizes, like, you know, petite, straight size, plus size that's how it works so I can sometimes maybe squish my body okay. into like a extra large in a regular like popular store yeah where someone living in a larger body than mine might not have that privilege they have to go to a specific plus size store where people even larger than that have to get clothes like tailor made yeah. or order from specific places it just the experience is so different. Like, yes, we all know what it's like to live in a larger body, but within that group, there's major life experience differences that need to be acknowledged. So I can't sit here and speak for all fat people yeah. because someone living in a larger body needs to be able to speak for themselves. Yeah, I hear you. Okay, so... The other word that I wanted you to speak to is marginalized bodies. I had Mm. never heard that term until the birds papaya started talking about it actually on her Instagram several months ago. Marginalized bodies. What does that mean? So marginalized in general could be marginalized people, marginalized communities. Like the way I always remembered it is like, you know, the margin of a page and on the side. So it's Mm -hmm. like a push to the side. They're ignored. Um, 
So marginalized body is what I say is the bodies that have been ignored, pushed to the side, yeah. just ignored by society. We, we only focus on like, you know, the thin white people. So when I say marginalized bodies, I'm, in my head, I specifically think of people of color, fat bodies, disabled bodies, yeah. queer bodies, transgender bodies, um, right? And obviously black bodies are massively marginalized and targeted. So just things like that. That's why I don't like to say like specifically fat people, but marginalized because there are so many different people in different bodies that also feel like they're not seen in the media, that they're not being listened to. And so I can speak from like the fat perspective or like the mentally ill perspective, but I can't speak to like a physically disabled perspective or queer perspective. And those are all very valid as well. Absolutely. Okay. The last sort of word that you mentioned is fat phobia or fat phobia. Is that what you said? Fat phobia. And also somewhere in there is internalized fat phobia. So what does that mean? I'm ready. It's so funny because I just talk without thinking. And so (laughs) I like when you're breaking it down for me, I'm like, Oh, did I even say that? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's such a, it's so, it's so true. Even like people go back, they're like, remember when you said that? I'm like, uh, huh? No, (laughs) it's so funny, but, but yeah. Internalized fat phobia. That is a massive one. Yes. So fat phobia, I mean, phobia things like the fear of fat people. It's like, "Mm, no, but like that fat is seen as bad. That we have this fear of gaining weight or being, I don't even want to say overweight. That's not an awesome word. It's like over what weight? Over what what weight? weight? The, you know, over, the under. Um, So the internalized fat phobia, because sometimes it's not blatant. Sometimes it's not so obvious. It's like, oh, there's a fat person. They are bad. Yeah. But it's the, ooh, does this dress make me look fat? Is it the, oh, mm-hmm. no, I'm going to have a salad instead of the fries because I want to look good for this thing later? Mm-hmm. Is it, it's just any little internalized mechanism that is telling you that bigger is bad and skinnier is better or smaller or taking up less space. And we all have it. Even fat people have it, and that's where our shame comes from. Mm-hmm. Like, even I definitely have internalized fat phobia because, well, I also have an eating disorder, which is a whole other story. But <laughs> I think to be able to recognize fat, like internalized fat phobia in all of us and say, ooh, I just had like a fat phobic thought that doesn't really align with my core beliefs. Okay, we're going to learn from that and do better. Yes, it's very interesting what these with these words and things that are coming up, it's helping me to recognize when like my triggers too. Like I'm, I'm currently actually doing, um, sort of like a digestive, I'm having some digestive medical issues. I'm seeing a doctor, I'm taking antibiotics for it, but I'm trying to give my digestive tract a break. So I've been juicing a little bit more. And I'm doing, I'm not doing a juice cleanse. I don't like to call it that. I really don't, but I'm really trying, I'm having issues and I want to fix them. Right. But it's, it's actually crazy how this experience is playing with my mind and my diet and what is right and what is wrong. And I'm trying to be more intuitive to that and listen to my body and follow a more intuitive lifestyle altogether. But the fat phobia thing is crazy strong within 
my culture, within my friends, within the fitness industry, within uh, fashion is it's it's absolutely insane. Oh, it's massive. It's, it's massive. So massive. And like we live in a culture of diet culture. Mm-hmm. So like diet culture is just filled with fat phobia and diet culture, right? The juice cleanse, the fitness yeah. area of our lives, like all of that fashion, as you said, is all seen through the lens of diet culture. It's it's absolutely. So um, let's start talking about health and what health means, because. I've read this a million times. I've seen it. People swap weight loss for health. Like they, they believe that losing weight or being a certain weight is healthy. So mm-hmm. I'd like to hear your opinion on that. That's also a big one I've been yeah. talking about a lot because even though I've been talking about health in the post, because yeah. I live in a bigger body, it became about health. And people were saying that I'm promoting obesity yes. and... I'm going to die. And I'm like, okay, great. And then it kind of turned into that conversation. And I had to say to people, like, you cannot determine someone's health health by looking at them. You just can't. Even if in your head you're like, yeah, I can say that person's healthier than that person. You cannot. You absolutely cannot. Because I have friends living in smaller bodies who have chronic illnesses. Absolutely. They are not healthy. And absolutely. my health is, I don't even know what I call my health. My mental health is not good. And that's where I determine my own health, mm-hmm. really. And so you can be healthy at every size. There is a, a regimen called health at every size, which is a framework of like, you know, dietitians or medical professionals treating people within the framework that you can achieve health at any size. It's not saying everyone is healthy all the time at every size, but it is possible you can work towards health at any size and it's so everyone has a different standard of health but I think it's really important to acknowledge our own fat phobia within health Mm -hmm. we say thinner is better it's healthier as long as you're healthy that's the only thing that matters it's what is with that like why does health determine our worth so if someone is unhealthy what if someone has a chronic illness they're just that's it they're in the trash they don't deserve like any love or care or respect so then why are you so quick to throw fat people out because you said oh well they're promoting an unhealthy lifestyle it's really it's a very stereotypical assumption and it's a dangerous one for people to fall into that trap it almost makes people feel better about themselves by putting a fat person down saying that they um I I have to admit uh when I was heavier I had a lot of healing to do within me like there was a big wound and I filled it with food and I hated I rebelled against exercise and doing anything that's quote-unquote healthy like lifestyle choices and I just kind of rebelled against that. I, I had to go through it. I wanted to go through it. Um, the, the fact of the matter is, is that I was actually living quite unhealthy. And it was creating an unhealthy body and an unhealthy mind at the same time. But it took it took a, a big shift for me to come out of that phase. You know, it because I have learned from a very young age, I've been very much conditioned about this whole thing with the diet culture. Now I was reading some of your Instagram comments 
And they are incredible. Like, there are some incredibly moving, powerful comments. And then there are some people who I actually could not believe that they would write like the bullying, the the straight up ignorance. And it's almost like I don't feel bad for them, but it, I like coming from their position, it's like they must have so much self-hatred to have to say words like that to another person that they've never met to make them feel better about what they know or what they think they know. And let's touch on that. I mean, one of the comments that I, do you mind if I read a comment? Go for it. I'm ready. Okay. Um, someone said you always talk about mental illness. So why are you so obsessed with it? And people liked, people liked this. And you said, because it affects my life. And he said, physical health also affects your entire life. Other people's health is none of your business either. Yet you're building an account around that very thing. I was like, this is, this was a PG 13 comment. There was like a lot more like really diggy dig digs. And I want you to kind of speak to that. Like, how do you handle that? Thankfully it's died down a bit now, but at first for about two weeks, it was just nonstop, absolutely nonstop. And now it's like every couple days it'll come and go. But at first... I tried to respond to all of them because Mm -hmm. not that long ago, I was the person who no one was listening to. I would comment on people's accounts or message people. No one would respond. I felt like I didn't matter. And I was like, okay, I want to acknowledge these people who are taking the time to comment or send me a message. So that is really important to me. And I, at first I tried to approach the trolls with like kindness and compassion. And just as you said, like, you can tell that they're hurt if they're going to a stranger's post and feeling so strongly I need to use harsh language like okay maybe I'll like I would at first start to try to like okay I hear you but blah 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 yeah and if they came back with like aggression and anger and defensiveness and just disrespect I, I was like I'm gone yeah because some people I some people change their minds or some people we could actually have a conversation. There was someone who came into my DMs so mad, furious that I was saying that not all bodies can love themselves or that thin people are bad or, you know, just something that I wasn't really trying to say. Right. And they were expressing to me how they lost a loved one to an eating disorder. So how dare I say all this? Yeah. I was like, whoa. And I felt super uncomfortable and shamed. And I took a second and I sent them a voice note. And I just said like, hey, thank you so much for sharing that with me. That's massive. I'm sorry for your loss. I can't imagine. And I explained how I myself also have an eating disorder. And I explained... um, the post a little bit better and just you know talked from my own experience Mm -hmm. and they came back and they were like oh my god like thank you for listening um like I hear what you're saying now and now they still follow me and they still comment on my stuff and that was a really hard but beautiful moment of saying I see you and your pain and I'm meeting you where you're at saying I hear you your experience is valid yeah and let me tell you where I'm at so that 
we can understand that our morals and values actually line up. We're just coming at each other with so much hurt that we can't see what the other person is even saying. Mm-hmm. And that's happened to me so much because people, emotions are just heightened. Absolutely. Crazy high. And if we can calm down and hear each other, it's massive. But if I do that to someone and they're like, oh, you're promoting obesity, then I'm like, I, you don't deserve my time. It took me a long time to get there because I was like, oh my God, like these people hate me. But now I'm like, you know what? There's other people who deserve my energy instead. Absolutely. So you're creating like a pretty s- solid boundary around that. Like you have to, when it comes to uh, being a personality on social media. I don't know. What do you call? <laughs> what do you call it when you're when you're expressing your opinion? I mean, not everyone's gonna like what you have to say. I have people all the time telling me shit, like telling me how I'm not. Um, I'm trying to be perfect and I, I don't know, like there's, there's so many mean people and what they say. It's hard. And it's they, so hard. Yeah. Everyone has an opinion and yeah. I, I'm not going to, like the first two weeks I was crumbling. I was not taking care of myself. Yeah. I was so anxious. I could barely function. And, um, at one point I was complaining to a friend or like venting and she said, you could be the juiciest peach ever, and there's still going to be someone who doesn't like peaches. And I was like... I love that. You're right. You're right. Like, I'm trying to people please everyone. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if someone does not like me, great. Like, that's... I need to, like, put my ego to the side. Yeah. And say, you know what? If that person's values don't line up with mine, that's okay. I need to be true to myself Otherwise, I am just like every other person on the internet Yeah. if I'm not being Rafaela, if I'm not staying true to what I believe. So one of the things I've kind of started to notice as well, uh, and the Black Lives Movement really triggered this for me, um, is how women have sort of taken on the responsibility of sharing um, and promoting other women and the male white privilege has like the men that I follow or the influencer men that I follow have not done anything different in their accounts. I'm not sure if you've paid much attention to that. I just find there's so much of a difference between gender, gender responsibilities, gender rules in social media. And my question to you to go back to this whole, uh, this whole subject is, you know, Many of us have grown up with our own learned versions of how a woman should behave and look and be. And I know that men, because I do have a lot of male listeners, I know that they have also grown up with their versions of how to be, how to behave. And do you find or do you, are you involved at all with like the male's perspective of this? Or is this like, because I, I know women are more in tuned with their emotions and we're more empathetic um, and able to talk more and be more vulnerable on social media, but what the heck are the men doing in this? <laughs> How, what role do they play? <laughs> That's such a good point. I have so many things. There's so many things in there. <laughs> men also need to be included in the conversation. Like, for mm-hmm. me, I'm very passionate about speaking to women, femmes, non-binaries, um, specifically because women in general, we have been socialized 
to make ourselves smaller. Yeah. We have been totally. told our whole lives to take up less space, to eat less, to be less, don't speak up, don't do that. Yes. You know, help the men. And men can also have eating disorders and be self-conscious and have these problems with their body image. But society is not tailored to put them down like it is to put women down. Yeah. If you think of our society, think of capitalism for a hot second. How many brands, how many products, how many companies are created just to modify women's appearances? Mm-hmm. It's, it's mind-blowing if you thought about, okay, if women just, start, just decided to love their bodies, how many companies would go out of business? All of the, you know, weight loss companies, yeah. all the skinny little fashion things, all the, like, every, like, when you think about it, you just think about all, like, even hair on a woman's body, razors were invented to make money. Women didn't even hate their body hair until yeah. someone told them they had to hate it. Here, let me sell you something to remove it. That's what this is all about. And so, men in this situation, hmm. I don't know. Men need to speak the hell up, honestly. Oh. Just as white people need Praise. to speak up <laughs> yes. and amplify melanated voices, men need to speak up and say, hey, this isn't okay. We need to stop treating women like this. We need to stop treating everyone like this, but specifically women. This is bullshit. This is absolute bullshit. Yes. And in terms of, you said you were following men who haven't like, they didn't say anything about the Black Lives Matter movement? Oh, nothing at all. I That's when I started to um, mute and unfollow. Yes. That's, I was going to say that. I was like, those people are freaking gone in my world. Like, I'm yes. a caller outer, not... A call, I prefer call in. Like, if I care <laughs> about someone or I see something, I want to kind of give them the benefit of the doubt and say, hey, yeah. there's this thing happening. Well, you know, like, educate, inform. If people are just like... Nope. I'm like, you do not deserve space <laughs> in my world. You don't yeah. deserve a slot on my social media feed. Yeah. I would really, I would challenge you to either call them in or unfollow or mute, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's one. Yes, it does not. It does not serve me to follow people like that anymore. Like that was a, a pretty massive shift for me. Um, okay. I want to talk about a few more points here before we end. And one of them is body positivity is not the same as self-love. And I honestly think that all women need to relearn how to self-love because of their cultural, like all of the conditions and expectations that we have and how we abandon ourselves for the sake of others. And we've abandoned our own personal self-love and self-care practices. And the body positivity movement, which has been in my radar for quite a quite a while, was actually started by black women. Um, and now it's infested with slim female influencers. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so body positivity is not the same as self-love. What does that mean to you? What does that mean? So body positivity was actually a movement. It's not just a feeling of feeling positive about your body. It, as you said, it was a movement created by and for black women or, you know, fat women of color. And for equal rights, people were creating this movement to be seen as equal in society, to be 
seen as deserving respect and care. It yeah. wasn't even just about loving yourself. It's about the marginalized bodies being seen as equal and being and given a seat at the table. And now if you go into the body positivity hashtag, it is just a bunch of thin white women, you know, showing off their bodies and which is great. Okay, everyone can have insecurities. Even the thinnest, whitest woman can still have insecurities. And that's valid. That's so valid because we all live in diet culture. We cannot escape it. And that's why self-love is for everyone. Body confidence, body acceptance. There's different terms that can help you feel good about your body and help you feel seen as deserving of love and care but it's not the same because if we're all saying body positivity body positivity then what about the voices who aren't being heard what about the people who are actually in the movement the people that the movement is designed for yeah i got you heard within their own movement who the heck is going to listen to them? Who's going to hear them? Well, you're not the first person to say something along those lines that, um, like to me, when I heard the term body positivity at the first time, I had no idea where it came from. I was like, oh shit, that sounds awesome. That's exactly how I want to portray myself with a positive body outlook because, you know, I've gone through the roller coaster of emotions when it comes to my body. I've hated it. I've punished it. I've, I've starved it. I've, you know, and I have changed that perspective into a more positive look, but I didn't realize that that was offensive. Is that right? Is to say like it's offensive to the people in the movement. Offensive or maybe it just, I just think it takes away from the movement. It just I see. the the real message behind the movement, really. Okay, that makes things quite a bit more clear so what is the difference between that and self-love is it is body positivity part of self-love i would say self-love is just learning to appreciate and love your body for where it's at and well body positivity is like the acceptance of marginalized bodies in society so those people within the movement can embrace self-love as well so i just think like a feeling versus a movement, right? So if you can feel positive about your body, you can love your body, but claiming you or yourself as body positive, unless you're out there championing for black bodies, for disabled bodies, yeah. unless you're being the, like the best body positive ally out there, we need to use, we need to leave that term alone. I don't even like to associate myself with the term anymore i used to when i didn't know better myself yeah but now i'm like whoa i have massive privilege in society i don't need to take up space where i don't belong i need to use different terms so that i can amplify other voices within the body positive movement and i can go be somewhere else we've stolen enough from people of color i don't think we need to take this too okay i'm into it i'm so into that uh Okay, celebrating weight loss. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Something I do all the time. Oh, you look great. Did you lose weight? Or okay. like, wow, you've lost so much weight. Like acknowledging it and, and speaking to that. Part of diet culture, something I strived for for years. I wanted that recognition. It was like the most 
confidence building, but really it's not confidence building. It's bullshit. It's a fake high for, you know, a cycle of (laughs) perpetual punishment. (laughs) Um, Can you speak to that? Celebrating weight loss. And it's so hard because of our internalized fat phobia. Like, even I see someone who looks smaller, my first thought is, oh, they look great. And I'm like, Rafaela, do they look great or do they just look smaller? Why are we so inclined to think that smaller equals better and healthier and happier? And it is so beyond damaging. Yeah. And the best way I can explain that is with my own eating disorder. So I have atypical anorexia. Same shit as real anorexia, but I don't have the criteria of being quote-unquote underweight or in a smaller body, which is actually very common. And so I have a very hard time feeding myself. I have body dysmorphia. And so I, and I'm not going to try to trigger anyone here, but like I don't eat a lot. I do not eat enough. And for me, working towards improving my health involves me eating more. Me eating more could result in my body getting bigger. And that would result in my friends, family, people around me commenting on my body saying that I don't have self-control, that I'm unhealthy, I need to lose weight. Where if I restrict my food intake and perhaps be in a smaller body, like stay in my current body or move into a smaller body, then the people around me will give me praise and admiration and tell me I'm so good and I have so much self-control and I will be less healthy. And this, that's just one example of why it is so damn damaging that we strive and we will do anything to be in a smaller body because all we crave is love and validation from the people around us. Yes. And if my parents think that being thinner is better, well then guess what? I'm going to spend my whole life craving their validation so much yes. that I will do anything to fulfill that. Yes. And that is so damaging. We don't know what's happening in someone's world, right? Yes. Like, for you, you expressed that you were unhealthy in a bigger body, but it was also, you know, what happened before that led you into that. Yes. It's not just, like, bigger body that caused me to be unhealthy. It's no. like, what was happening mentally? What was happening yes. in your world? And that's something we don't talk about. Yes, I I absolutely. It was definitely mental health that was my, um, I didn't know it was my problem because I was so ego, I was so defensive about, you know, uh, what was going on. I couldn't acknowledge and take responsibility for myself. (laughs) That's kind of like ultimately what I learned is how to take the steps to... (sighs) get help, ask for help, ask, get a support group together. Like I'm not alone. And, but to talk about it and to start shifting because what I was doing just wasn't working for me anymore. And you know, and it's a process for sure, but man, I even, okay. So you mentioned, um, parents and I, and I believe that caretakers, teachers, all of these sort of, uh, people in our lives when we're younger sort of play a role. Now, it's really interesting because when you look at children, so I have a, a couple of nieces and a nephew, and they are under all under 10. I was actually taking a video. Of, we, me and my niece were doing some fun activities the other day, and she was watching the video, 
And her comment, her first comment was, Elisa, you look so skinny in that video. Okay, she's nine. And I was like, I, I honestly was like taken aback and I didn't know what to say because I didn't want to celebrate that. I didn't want to acknowledge it as something that's good, but I also didn't want to acknowledge it as something that's bad either. I was like, how do I keep this neutral? And I, I basically just said, oh, that's an interesting uh, observation that you made, you know, cause I, I, I didn't know what to say. And so how can we, do you, do you have any recommendations or how can people use language more appropriately with these issues, especially with young kids? I mean, older people as well, adults can benefit from this too. Totally. And you're right. I've noticed that in kids too. And it breaks, absolutely breaks my heart because it brings me back to when I was a kid, and that's what I focused on. Yeah. Like, my earliest thought of hating my body was five years old. And I know I'm not alone in that, and that freaking yeah. sucks. So for yeah. me, I try to remove the body from the conversation. So if in that case, if she said, like, oh, you look so skinny, I'd be like, actually, like, do you see how happy I look? Look how happy I look to mm. be with you guys. Um, or taking the focus away but if they have a specific question or if they said to themselves, like, oh, I look so fat or you look so fat, it's okay to say, that's not a bad word, actually. And look at how, yeah, how happy you look or look at this new technique that you did in the video or, yeah. right? Just yeah. bringing the worth away from their bodies because ultimately that's what we all want. As I said, that even people now striving for weight loss, what are you wanting happiness acceptance love is that gonna be there in a smaller body that you don't have now mm-hmm. well we'll be treated better by society that's for sure but i'll still have a mental illness no no matter if i'm in a bigger body or smaller body um i'm still worthy of love and respect right now even if i was in a smaller body my worth doesn't change and i think but we forget that. We think mm. all of my problems are because of what my body looks like. And as soon as that changes, everything's going to be good. So to really de-emphasize that with yes. kids, with your friends, if your friend's talking about their weight loss or, you know, something or really talking about diet culture, you can just not engage with it. Or you can point out, like, actually, like, food doesn't have worth and we can eat whatever we want because... <laughs> we're worthy no matter if I eat the salad or the pie. It doesn't matter. It's still worthy of love. Yes. To be able to acknowledge that and catch it in our everyday lives is massive. It's so massive. And it's very um, it's very powerful. You just got to do it once. Just try it. Just try not to say you look thin. Try not to say that the I should be eating celery instead of chocolate. Like, just try it one time. And then you're like, oh, well, yeah. you know what? This did shift the whole vibration of how I exist in the world. It's very, it's very great. Okay, what does your self-care practice or regime look like? Oh, I need, I want to be better at self-care. I am a person who throws myself into projects or other people mm. or Instagram or my advocacy yeah. Because for a very long time, that's where I found my self-worth was yeah. in what I produce, what I create. 
And through therapy, I am learning that that's just been an avoidance of me acknowledging, like, whoa, I need to figure out that I have self-worth by myself on my own. Yeah. And so for me, that involves taking breaks from social media and not trying to people please all the time yes that involves me taking a break from school or a project I have because that's also me trying to prove my worth to the world for me that's doing something meaningless and that's when it seems so simple but something that does not move me forward in the world so for me it's playing like a video game it does not benefit me in any way it's about (laughs) (laughs) that's really beautiful that's very what, good advice i love that what's yours do you, do you have anything that you do just for yourself and no one else um i definitely am in the closet gamer <laughs> i'm kind of out of the closet <laughs> i mean i talk about it often now but um i definitely go and check out i need my checkout zones and I don't think that like checking out is a bad thing and I don't however I think numbing um is is different there's a difference there yeah yeah there's diff or avoid like avoiding and checking out are two different things and or at least that's from the perspective I want to come at but I actually recently started to do uh, a practice I mean I I take breaks I say no a lot I've started to set really firm boundaries some are porous I have porous boundaries too, but I have my hard nose and I, I, I really love and enjoy my alone time. So I make sure that I have that every single day. But one of these neat things that I started to do, and I don't know who told me to do this, but was to start to pay attention to the first thought of the day. So when you wake up, what is your first thought and write it down. And this is a non-judgmental observation, uh, sort of practice. But once you start to pay attention to it, I'm like, my first thoughts are what I need to do, something about yesterday, what I'm going to eat, what I'm going to wear, like things like that, instead of being like, I am here, I am present, and I'm in my body, or it feels good to breathe, or something like that. So I've been paying attention to that and, and starting to shift my first thought of the day, which kind of sets me up. And it's, it's a little thing. And it takes a lot of work. Like for me, it didn't just change overnight. It's like a work in progress and I'm I'm really enjoying it. But it's it's definitely in my self-care checklist. Yeah. That's massive. I really like that. Yeah, neat, eh? I know. I like it yeah. too. Just paying attention and then like shifting. And sometimes I change it in the morning and sometimes it just is now naturally coming to like, I just slept so good, or that was an amazing sleep. Like something, I don't want to say positive, but a thought that's not in the doing of the day. You know? Just like living in the present moment. Living in the moment and feeling your body and how you are okay in this moment. So this is my last question to you. And I really like to ask this of a lot of my guests. What does the world need more of? Mm, that's such a good one. <laughs> Especially right now, my gosh. The biggest thing for me, I've said this, I was like, after this pandemic, I hope there's just more compassion and empathy. Mm. That's what we need more of. If we can just understand where someone else is coming from, how can you hate 
How can you have violence and anger if you can understand the people around you and hear their perspectives and have compassion for someone who's different than you? Mm -hmm. I think that's the most massive thing, at least in my perspective. Um, We all need a little more, no, a lot more empathy and compassion. Having compassion for someone who is different than you. I'm writing that down. Love that. Yes. (laughs) Okay, so where can we, I guess that's not my last question. Where can we find you? Your Instagram handle is at rafella.mancuso. Am I wrong? Right? Instagram's underscore. So Instagram is, yeah, Rafella underscore Mancuso. Okay. And that's pretty much my handle for every social media thing ever. Yeah. Um, and also my name's pretty unique. So if you type it in somewhere, it'll probably come up because not a, not a lot of people are named Rafella. And this so is true. That's nice. That's true. And you do have a YouTube <laughs> channel as well. Yeah. So I was trying to, okay, I don't know. I was like, maybe I should go into like, the YouTube space, and I was like, I don't know how to do YouTube, so I think I'm, you I'm do. You're doing it. I love it. <laughs> We're gonna. I'm gonna post all the, the the ways to contact you in the show notes. Thank you so much for sharing this message. You are a beautiful soul, and I love what you're doing. And I'm so glad that that you had. I don't want to say the courage. That's not the right word, but you had the intuitiveness to speak your mind and share that post because. You know, it's, you are changing the world. Oh my God. Thank you. That was just like all the validation I needed for today. <laughs> you can think of that tomorrow morning. I am changing the world. <laughs> and I so appreciate you inviting me here because this is you passing the mic, right? This is oh, yes. you taking that step to amplify my voice so then I can go amplify other voices. You're part of the cycle now. I love that. Okay, well, thank you. Have the best day. Enjoy your cold Alberta. I'll send you some heat. I'll send you some heat. (laughs) Oh, thanks so much. All right, that is all for today. I want to thank my guest, Rafaela Mancuso. You all must go and follow her on Instagram at at Rafaela underscore Mancuso and check out her YouTube channel. All of these links will be in the show notes. If you haven't done so yet, please head over to Apple Podcasts or Google Play and subscribe, rate, and leave a written review. Follow the show on Spotify and share on your social media. Thank you all so much for listening. Have the best day, everyone. Until next time.